This episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which I was lucky enough to head out to Barcelona and see being unveiled at its launch and to chat to athletes like Sharon Nakidi, who won the New York Marathon a few years ago, who does all of her easy and steady runs in this pair of shoes. And then we've set Jess from The Running Channel a very specific challenge to train for 12 weeks for her fastest, hopefully, ever 10K, which is also back out in Barcelona. Yeah, she is loving training in this shoe. And I think it's important as well because we're so lucky we get to test lots of different shoes. But we do know that some people just want that one pair that will do everything. So Jess has been doing her long runs, interval sessions, and she will be tackling the final 10K in the Under Armour Infinite Elite shoes. Yeah, big focus on endurance and a brand new foam, which provides extra energy return and looks after you on even your longest runs. So if you want to know more, head to the link in the show notes. I just ran my first ever marathon and this is a debrief of the whole experience. Yes, this is the Running Channel podcast with me, Sarah Hartley, who's run a marathon, Rick Kelsey, Mm -hmm. who's not in the corner this week and he's run a marathon. It's good to do some work. And finally, Andy Badley, who's run a marathon. I have run a marathon. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into it. We're on tour. We're in Valencia. Yeah. We have just run a marathon, but yes, Rick has just said that he's going to do a little bit of work because he's been here all weekend and this is literally the first moment that he's doing a hey, second of hey, work. Hey, 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 hey. He's done an arm workout every night drinking the Gavi that you can drink. He has I been. Have. Yep. He's been drinking his way through Valencia. I've been on the, I've been on the Verdecchio. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the wine around these parts is pretty good. Is it? As we've you, been... You, so, you and I've been know, the spa. It's not just drinking wine. <laughs> I went to the spa as well. You know the other thing? So we're in a, a few different hotels and Rick was like, oh... Freddie, who ran with you, yes, you're in a good yes. hotel. I visited that spa and Rick's booked us all in <laughs> for tomorrow morning. We are all going for a group spa session, which I think I some, of us, we some, of us, some of us have earned more than others. Yeah, and we're all going to be in the spa in our swim caps together. I think you were in the spa Love this morning, that. weren't you, whilst I was running a marathon. Is that why I only saw you at 40 kilometres? I well, didn't think you were going to... Go there. <laughs> <laughs> so early on. Yeah. Right, let's let's go back. Let's go back to the yeah. whole start. So you've run it. You've yes. done it. Well done. But <laughs> let's start at the beginning. Mm. How are you feeling this morning? This morning? I was going to say, how am I feeling now? This morning, I was terrified. This was, I, it took me back to when I was competing professionally. And this is the bit I hated. I just wanted to be on the start line and ready to go. And like stop worrying about all of the stuff that I might have done wrong or, or right or do I need to, you know, do another poo <laughs> and, and, and then like get on the start line and get going. And actually, once I got on the start line, I was fine. But it was all of the moments leading up to that that were so nerve wracking. It's unreal. There is a lot mm. of like build up to marathons as well. Like you mm. have to go, you have to, if you're running abroad, you have to get there. Yeah. Then also you're on a plane and every single person is in a pair of running shoes. Yes. Like you can you can just tell you're around runners. Then you arrive in the city and there's like yeah. advertisements everywhere. Then you go to the expo and you have to collect your bib. Like there's a lot of, um, you know, like when they do pep rallies in America. Yeah. It's like one big pep rally. Yeah, and the queuing for the bib at the expo was actually quite a sight to behold. <laughs> oh, he wasn't, yeah. I wasn't he's, we, he's not used to queuing. So he's not a good queuer. No, so... Um, really usefully, Valencia Marathon tells you the busy times for the expo. So we, so knew, we went at the busy time. Well, yeah, we went. So we did the shakeout run in the morning. Really lovely yeah. 5K. And Freddie had to deal with... So Freddie uh, ran with me the whole race it, mm-hmm. today. Um, Videographer, to pacer, yeah, extraordinaire. legend. We'll come on to that. Ran uh, backwards during parts of the marathon. But he had to deal with probably... I mean, you've all had to deal with unbearable Andy for the last 48 hours where... Yeah. 
I was talking, I think, to to ease my nerves. And <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, so he had like, yeah, the full shakeout run of me just babbling at him. Yeah, luckily you left me and Rick pretty quickly. <laughs> so yeah, we, very we quickly. had a First lovely K, shakeout run. run. Apart from the we, last two games. Well, so the shakeout he run. He didn't dive off into a spa half <laughs> No, he managed to stay focused for the whole 5k. Brilliant. Although what me and Rick did is that the shakeout run was amazing. Like so many people came along and we started like quite far at the back. And then as we got into it a little bit more, like there was some music playing and me and Rick were like, Should without we talking to each other, we were like, okay, we'll pick the pace up a little bit. Then we said to each other like, oh, we should, we should crack on now a bit. Before we knew it, last kilometre, we dropped like a 420 kilometre. Yeah, so you just bearing, all out. Yeah, bearing in mind the first kilometre was a seven minute kilometre. Yeah. And again, did not speak to each other, but were both like... Dripping. <gasps> and but then I, I think as well, because we'd been weaving yeah. so much, our watch had then tracked the entire distance. So we were fully just off. And we clock ticked yeah. over into 5k and there was still a good like 400 meters to go. We both yeah, just looked at each other like, at least. this that, was an error. Oh, was it five and a half k? That must have been really, really tough for you. Yeah, yeah it was. Really it was like at 415 yeah. per kilometer pace. Mm. Well, the, the last and kilometer was. The, the last kilometer. Yeah. yeah. Which, and we've worked all out that our fast kilometer, Sarah, that yeah. we did yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Andy ran quicker than that the, the, whole, the whole race. Marathon, yeah. 4.05 a kilometre he which, ran today. Which, you know, makes me feel, um, in a word, inadequate. But also, we tried. We tried really <laughs> hard. We tried really hard. Well, I guess we'll come on to the pacing and the whole marathon. But what was interesting for me, I'm really glad we did the group shakeout because there was several yeah. thousands of the runners that were going to be running in the marathon doing the shakeout. Yeah. And actually, I got that. I just never had that experience of being in a crowd that big, that closely packed together where you kind of can't, you're at, it's a lot of stuff's out of your control, like mm. where you were able to run, how fast you're able to run. Um, and so I think that was like a really good practice for what was going to happen in the race itself. Yeah, because you're obviously like, you're an incredibly experienced runner, but not in marathons or mass participation events. You didn't, we've, we've joked about this on the podcast, but you didn't have someone chaperone you to the start yeah. line. You didn't, you know, have your own VIP tent next yeah. to the start line. Well, you had Freddie. You, ha you had yeah. Freddie. Yeah. <laughs> he did chaperone me. Um, and we queued to the toilets together. So that was excellent. Oh, um, that's nice. But no, it, it was it was so different. And yeah, normally I only had, you know, 11 other people to worry about in my races, not mm. 32,999. Crazy. Well, before we get into the actual race itself, we put up a post on Instagram the night before so that people could wish you luck yes. and I just have to say there was some incredible comments from podcast Brilliant. listeners so I screenshotted a few some of my favourites were don't worry Andy it's just one mile for each of your kids <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant and then 26.2 kids yeah yeah and then Garmin commented remember to start your Garmin yes yeah, <laughs> useful yeah. tip useful yeah. tip did you actually did you I did it, it's all it's there for it's posterity there. it's on my watch and on Strava yeah perfect and then um <laughs> this is a great one go Andy enjoy where you are brackets probably not the day to nip into a supermarket for a bottle of water or to look out over fields that was from Heather true <laughs> yes very no, true. I, I didn't I didn't either of those things you didn't even stop you didn't even have a way no there was no weeing I was very proud of myself yeah. for that um, and then one more incredible one. Good luck, Andy. Just think of it as 28 and a bit 1500 meter races in a row and you'll be fine. I'm glad that you didn't share this with me before the race. <laughs> it's really good. Because that would have been going through my mind, that one about the multiple of how many 1500 meter yeah, races it was. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like when you break it down, like only a park run to go. You can't yeah. really do that as an ex 1500 meter runner. It was horrible. But I've also um, had some lovely messages from um, people on Strava since having run the marathon. Uh, a lot of them basically just saying, well, what are Rick and, uh, what are Rick and Sarah going to give you stick for now? Well done, Andy. 
I mean, you're still, you're still old. Yeah, well, there's still yeah. quite a lot to give you stick for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're still okay. you. We, we, we won't, we won't <laughs> get on to that. You've just run a marathon. I mean, you've said to yourself how miserable you've been, but now you're relieved, Andy, because it's done. You've done it. Yes. It's and, over. And one thing that is remarkable, I think, you know, we touched on pacing, is how consistent you kept your pacing throughout the whole of the race. In fact, your slowest 5K were the first 5K. Yes, and that was to plan. So should we dive into it? Because... My pacing didn't go quite to plan. Um, it, it was relatively consistent in the grand scheme of things. Like it didn't, it didn't fall off a cliff. Mm. Um, and I'm quite proud of that, given what we're going to talk about in a minute. But I had some very dark moments out there. I had some very light and, and overly ambitious, as we'll come to find out, moments. But I also had some real dark moments where I was struggling. What, you, what learn, the, yeah. you learn quite a lot what, in a what, marathon. Yeah. What were the darkest moments? I was just, I spent the whole race thinking that I haven't seen Rick yet and I'm upset about it. <laughs> and and, and Look, I, was looking Rick, for that, I was looking for that ray of sunshine that you were going to bring to my ray. Rick has video evidence that you were at, what, 16 kilometres? 16 kilometres. Which Missed is interesting you. because me and Tom were also at 16 kilometres. It might have been 17. And managed to see <laughs> you. I yeah, saw yeah, yeah, Jess yeah. from the running channel, so I have proof that I was there. Oh, yes. Yeah. Just happened Huge. to miss Annie. I had a bit of a late night last night. Yes. So it did slow the morning down. Look, this, is, this is a team effort, okay? Yeah. You did the running this weekend. Rick did the entertaining. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, there's no come... I in team. I don't think there's an R, an I, a C or a K in team. I was out with the team last night. I was spreading the brand. Yes. You were. Yeah. You were. Yeah. Um, huge shout out though to Jess from the team as well. She did incredibly, incredibly well. Yeah, I think she... Um, had some difficulties of her own. So it's, it's like, the marathon is hard. It's a bloody long way. <laughs> it is like, a long way. That is like one of the first things you said when I saw you after. Yeah, so you're it's like, too it's long, far. Isn't it? It's too far. Yeah, the I think they is, should shorten it. I've it's like 11K. I think though that's then, the most interesting thing is like, no matter how good you feel, yeah. like even up to like 35K, you st it's still not yeah. guaranteed. It's still not guaranteed. Cross over the line, yes. first 5K. Yeah. How was it? So my plan was to run four between 4.15 and 4.30 per kilometre for the first 5K. Disgusting. So, so for context, 4.15 is three-hour pace. Mm -hmm. and then 4.30 is, is a bit slower than, than three-hour pace. But the, <laughs> I, can't, I haven't done the maths. I haven't, I haven't done the maths and my there head hurts so much. <laughs> We're and, back in Cambridge. And I can't... Oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> I have got an engineering degree, to be honest. I was supposed to be good with numbers. Mate, can you, can you keep this podcast entertaining, please? <laughs> okay, right, let's not talk about the numbers. First 5k, yeah. that was the plan. And I, I was pretty pretty militant about that. So that went really well. Mm -hmm. um, and I was expecting like the shakeout run to be running into the back of people or to just be like out of control and, and not be able to run at my own pace. But actually what I had to do was hold myself back. Like I was in a, I was in a 250 to three hour wave and everyone legged it at the start. Really? really fast. So like when yeah. you start off, it's really cool. You go like either side of a roundabout. Yes. Which is, Pick that was side. the, that was the first place that me and Tom were stood trying to yeah. film you. But then you're the kept own... separate for quite a while after that. Yeah, yeah. Because you're going up either side of a road. So we were like, stick left, Andy. Whatever you do, make sure oh, you're um, in the left. Literally with only about 20 seconds before we crossed the start line, Freddie and I were on the wrong side. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> we had to climb back around. Um, <laughs> Because it wasn't, yeah, we had to go back around some barriers to get to where we needed to be. Excellent. So yeah, first 5K, good. Yeah. And then the plan was to pick it up 4.15 per kilometre, which is three hour pace for the next 5K. So to get to 10K, I would have been, the plan was that I would have been slightly outside mm. three hour pace because three hours was my target. And then the idea was to just, if I felt strong, to just gradually pick the pace up as I went along. 
I got to 10K in, I want to say, 42.40. And 42.30 would be exactly three-hour pace. Mm -hmm. So pretty good. I was having to take into account the fact that I was doing a lot of weaving. I definitely wasn't following the blue line. And so my watch was registering the Ks a fraction before each K marker. So I was trying to adapt to that early so that I wasn't going to kind of assume I was on for a particular time and then not worry about it. And then we're 10K in. And actually 10K to 20K, I think, went the quickest of all of the sections. I was feeling pretty good. I was getting into my strategy for fueling and drinking and all of that stuff. And I was thinking about what was to come. Mm. I wanted to get to halfway. And I also wanted to push on from 20K to 30K. Mm. So that 10K to 20K, I did take the pace up a little bit. Nice. And did it feel like it's quite hard when you know how much you've got to go to actually force yourself to go a bit quicker? So like how, how are you dealing with ramping it up a little bit? So I definitely have paces and rhythms which feel more comfortable. Obviously, they, they get me more tired more quickly because they're harder. But to run slightly faster definitely feels better. So that kind of 4.15 to 4.30 pace doesn't feel very natural for me. Uh, mm. But I have to do it to give myself a chance of kind of hanging on to the end of the marathon. Yeah. But then from 10K to 20K, I was trying to run uh, four-minute Ks. So the idea was to run that 10K in right around 40 minutes. And I think I was pretty pretty close to doing that. I can't remember all of my splits. It's My mind is, is mush right now. <laughs> it doesn't work. Uh, but that, that was going all right. And actually, by the end of that, I was, I was picking the pace up even more. Managing to drink. We had, they had bottles on the course. Oh, um, yeah. Aid stations. Yes. Were they, were they, carnage. Yeah, were they carnage? Yeah. How did you find it? And then also I feel like knowing you as a person, mm. surely it must've really stressed you out that like the, the way that the way that races do it quite a lot, quite often mm. is you take your bottle or your cup yeah. and then you throw it to the side and then it gets swept up and that's yeah. how they clear it up. Yeah. Did that stress you out? Cause you were like, Oh my God, I'm going to stand on this. Oh, well, yeah, because people were just dropping them in the middle of the road. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, and there was a lot of caps as well. People were taking the caps off and just dropping them. Yeah. So actually that's quite dangerous. And the first, probably for the first 15 to, well, first half, there's so many people. Like I've seen, watched lots of marathons and, and, and I don't know what your experience has been as to how much space you've had at aid stations, but I there was no space. It was Yeah, tight. you don't get space. Tight. I the, think as well, like yeah. the scariest thing is that the pack in front of you at the start was quite intimidating. Like yeah. it's not, I think usually when you get like really, really big crowds, like when me and Tom did Chicago, we were in like a really tightly packed uh, like group of people. Yeah. But there were so many crowds either side that you kind of didn't really hear it. Whereas mm. what was scary in this one is that it's quite like, I think it's fair to say it's quite like a serious marathon like a lot of yeah. people who are running here have done one before they're coming yeah. out because it's, it's fast. a fast course it's a fast course it's, it's fast. perfect temperature yeah so you yeah. don't get the kind of it's still a really great marathon yeah. but there's the crowds from my perspective were a bit thinner and that yeah. means that all you can hear when you're stood on the sideline cheering on is like thundering footsteps coming towards you yeah i was quite swept it was quite hypnotic i quite enjoyed that uh, certainly on the quieter parts of the course where it was, you could just hear the, the constant footsteps and there was a really, yeah, like you say, a pack of runners. So the noise mm. was pretty cool. It's a beautiful course, really good weather. Um, it started like six, five, six degrees at, my, at the beginning, but then very quickly I was seeing the street signs in, in the middle of the town that said 11 and then 14 later on. Beautiful sunshine, no wind, very flat. Perfect so day for running. It was absolutely glorious. Perfect. It was not what, a what perfect day. What would you know about day. it? You were in the spa. <laughs> 
on the ground. Rick, you must, you must have come out when it got sunny because it was not a perfect day for scooting, which is what me and Tom, how we got around. Support crew, yeah. And you popped up all over the place. So unlike Rick. cold. So saw it, cold. Saw you a thousand metres to go. <laughs> you are. did. You did. And that, that, and that got you over the line. It, 100% you did. Hey, so we, thank goodness I made it. You, you fast forwarded. You did save <laughs> yes. the day. You did save the day. You're very, you're very important and I love you. It is, honestly though, if you want to spectate a Valencia Marathon, Get yourself, hire a scooter and a helmet because that is a legal requirement helmet, yeah. here. And you can see, we saw you at 5, 8, uh, 13, 26, 29. Yeah. And then from, then Tom was like, do we go to the finish? Do we go to anywhere in the middle? And I was like, let's go to 40 and see what happens. We got to 40 and then we just scooted alongside you until the finish, basically, <laughs> shouting annoying things at you. You were great. And it... it, it and it did, it did like give me a big lift. And I had lots of lovely people shouting for me. I had my name on my bib. There's some running channel fans out on the course. I ran past a whole bunch of, or, or people also passed me who, who watched the running channel. Not many. Listen to the podcast. Sorry. Yeah, not many people passed you. Well, we, we should talk about that because I think you both got to see slight disintegration of my like mental state, physical oh, state. Loved that bit. Um, so I... <laughs> I was pretty perky, smiling at you, very happy yeah. in the first half, feeling yeah, yeah. great. And then, and actually, there's already people asking about this in the Strava comments. So the, the activities on Strava, if anyone wants to go and take a look at it, they can have a look mm. um, and see what pacing I managed to do. So it's a beautiful pyramid of getting faster and faster and faster to probably maybe close to 30K or 25 to 30K. <laughs> and then it comes back down, down again. Yes, so. it's, it's yeah. lovely. The down bit where I slowed down was not part of the plan. It should have been a pure negative split was the idea. Um, so I got to about 18, 19K. And the plan had been from 20K halfway to push on, to go even faster than three than 250 pace, actually, which is what I was running at that point, mm -hmm. the, the four minute Ks. To, and so actually from 19K to about 26K, I think I was running 350 per kilometer, which is, so actually I ran from 20 to 25K around 19 minutes flat, I think for 5K. Right. I felt amazing. I felt so good. Felt I actually good. felt better running faster. Um, and because my knee had started to hurt quite early, actually. Well, is, that, is that the low bit? Was that the low bit when your knee started to hurt? Well, that was that was quite early, about 15, 16K, and I just made the decision I was just going to keep going. Like there was no stopping or stretching or mm. like or like worrying about the fact that... Because in training, you're worried about running again two or three days later. Mm. So you, this is different. Mm. Um, so I pushed through and just felt great. So no, this is this is a high. I'm still feeling great. At this point, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I get to 25K and I'm thinking, I'm not naive enough that I was thinking... This marathon's a piece of cake. Like, this, this, this marathon business is easy. But if I, you'd come back and said that, I would have been so uh, but, annoyed. But, but at that point, I was like, "This is. I've got this. I can keep going at this pace. This feels great." Yeah. Uh, but that was seventeen k to go. Um, that's quite a long way. <laughs> quite a lot changed. Oh, naive oh, yeah. little Andy <laughs> so I, on the course. So I, yeah. So I, so I had to back off actually as it was approaching thirty k, and I did slow down a little bit, but not much. I was still managing to maintain it. But that's the point where I was starting to feel cramps in my hamstrings, in my uh, calves, where it was really changing the way I was having to run. I was having to shuffle even more than I do normally, having to shorten my stride, having to like not quite toe off in the same way that I, I would normally do. And that was just, and I, then it became a big mental game for mm. me. So it was- Did you already know that like that kind of stuff would help cramp or is it literally like, I know I'm about to cramp, this is starting to feel like I won't if I do this? Yeah, no, it was more of a kind of guesswork. I was trying things, different things out, like to see what was allowing me to run as quick as possible, 
without feeling like, because you know, you can feel a twinge sometimes. You can feel it start mm. to flutter almost the muscle. And that was what I was experiencing. And I knew it wasn't hydration or energy because I'd been really militant with my gels and my drinking. Um, and I was well hydrated before we start. It just, so it was just conditioning of my muscles. And that was when I was starting to go into the unknown. So I went past 32K. Uh, and that unknown, was a massive mental. The unknown. Yeah. But it was positive because mm. in my mind, I was like, if I can get into that last 10K. So once I was past mm. 32.2K, that was massive. I was like, yes. You looked in pain, mate. I've got to say like your face was so focused. Oh. It was determined, but you looked in absolute agony when I saw you. I'd been soaking stuff up. I've been like doing this. Yeah. There's cool music and stuff for about the first 25K. <laughs> and then 5K to early 30s. That was when I was like, right, I'm just going to focus, calm down. Like let's keep it, yeah. keep it under control. And then it, after about 35K, it was a proper war of attrition. I was wearing headphones. We had that debate on the podcast, mm. but I didn't have any music on because Freddie was with me and I was just soaking it all up. But then the reason I'd put them on and I would have music queued up was in case this moment happened where I needed a distraction. And so I hit the, the button on my headphones. The music started. Oh, which song? Um, it was a Mumford and Sons song, actually. Oh, was it? So like nice, fast-paced folk. Yeah. I like a bit of folk. Um, and it was just enough to, to then... Take the edge off. Yeah. But then I did get to... 39-ish kilometers. And, and bear in mind, all of this is going to be in a video as well. So, yeah. so the, the, you, can, you can witness this. You can see this. the yeah. pain as well as hear you the can, pain. You can see this complete, you know, nosedive fall off. I fell off a cliff. Um, it is an incredible thing though, of how like when you start off a marathon, you have so much motivation with, I don't know, 35K to go. You're yeah. like, no, come on, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. And then when you have 5K to go, that feels so, so much long. further than when so you have long. 35k yeah. to go. And it was so yeah. tight. You know, we were talking about how tight it was. That last, I'd say, three, four kilometers, which goes down the uh, the Turia Garden. Oh, uh, nice. yeah. It's it's about three meters across. At it, was like the, it was People like the People kind scenes. of jumping across. And there's no barriers. If you think, yeah. if the only you know, marathons you know are the end of London, Boston, yeah. uh, or New York, the, the roads are so wide. Yeah. And the barriers are on both sides yeah. and you can't get anywhere near, but you were running down, like it's, it's like a, a tunnel, isn't it? Really it, was like, it, was, it was like those scenes of the Tour de France where like, yeah. where the people are almost moving out of the way as the cyclists come up. They, yeah. they, they weren't closing the, the tunnel like they do in the Tour de France, but it was, that was, that kept me going as well. And that's the point when I saw you, right? Where it was, mm. um, but I had my, at this point I had my head down. The, from, from 10K to 7K to go, I was feeling all right. Once I got to 7K to go, it felt like it was way further than when I had 10K to go. Yeah. It, it, was, it was really mentally difficult. And that was why I had my head down. I was just looking at the floor and I was just trying to tick it off like step at one step at a time, trying to make sure that I could just tick a kilometer off. At a time. And, and not worry about it. And then I was panicking because you know you do a long run sometimes and you think you're at whatever it might be, 25K, and you look at your watch and you've just misread it and it's 23K and you're like, oh no. <laughs> and that was that was my worst nightmare that I was going to be in my mind thinking, right, the next one's 40K or whatever it is. And then I'd look up and see, you know, 36K and I just totally miscounted. The nice thing though, right at the end of the marathon is then they take all of the guesswork out for you. Because obviously you said that like, because you're dirting around and going mm. around that like your watch isn't necessarily going to match up where you are on the course. Yeah. But then as you come out of the, whatever you said the garden was called. The Turia Garden. Perfect. And then you come into the incredible water Yes, they built like finish. a floating finish on the water. Oh, the so, in the Ciudad de les Arts et les Sciences. 
The Science Museum. Yes. <laughs> Incredible. Rick has been our uh, our local translator on this course. On well, this I trip, can which tell is you mainly that the, like, uh, please kind of order some I can wine. I that the, the Taria Garden was actually built in 1961 after a devastating flood in 1957, where the city council actually voted on building a nine kilometre garden that used to be a river through the centre of Valencia. It was diverted to the south. Hang on a minute. It's just a, no, no, no. Right, we need you to. You didn't re- even read that. Is that true? Mm-hmm. I don't think. Google at home. Google yeah, at home. yeah. Don't oh, trust it completely. It's true. But it's no, true. just before. Hang on. Rewind to that uh, earlier in this podcast when I I spoke for about three seconds. Mm. Pacing for a marathon. Quite relevant to the Running Channel podcast. <laughs> yeah. And your reply was, "Keep it interesting, mate." <laughs> we just have to listen to a Rick thirty second diatribe about you because you've wrote, you've made some notes to make yourself sound smart. Hang on, these are not notes. I want to sell people Valencia if they're thinking about doing this really fast oh, marathon. I tell you what, especially Valencia is a very special city. Yeah. And what is it the birthplace of, Sarah? Probably knowing you and as a you fact, the spa. Yeah. Yeah, close. It's paella. <laughs> Oh, and we had paella on our place of paella. That's it's where we are. It's really good. Yeah. Please, just, also, just to be clear, please don't trust any of these facts as true. Yeah, no. These are all facts. Okay. These don't are use it in your homework. Valencia Tourism dot España. But if you do want a winter <laughs> marathon, it was what minus two in the UK in London yeah. when we yeah. left. It's a lovely 16 degrees here. It's gorgeous. It's going to be 22 in the week. by the end, really I can understand up. why every single one of those 835,000 residents in this city... Oh, here. my God, stop. <laughs> Please stop. Right, Andy, crossing the finish line. How did that feel? Yeah, it, it was a real struggle going... going. It was counting off, so every 100 metres there was a, a barrier saying, a, yeah. a sign saying how far you had to go. Yeah, me and Tom passed the 300 to go mark, and I was like, oh, you would be crying at that point if uh, you've seen his Chicago I video. Didn't, I, didn't, I feel a bit like I've let the team down by not crying. It's all right, we but need you're you not a heartless. Cryer. Give us your time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I can't remember. Hang on, it was 2... 53. 50, 253, 49. 49. And Freddie's? Uh, 253, 48. 48. He deserves that second. He deserves more he, than a second. That boy is a whippersnapper and a wafer had... thin mint. Unbelievable. He just, just delivers. He wouldn't eat the tuna last night because he was worried. Uh, I didn't eat it either. You didn't eat the tuna. No. You missed out there. Tuna packed. <laughs> anyway. Oh, so, yeah, so, then I, so then I crossed the line and I, I got a medal and, and I've run a marathon and now you guys can't take the mickey out of me anymore. Well, well you know, something. Well, you haven't run an ultra marathon. Yeah, oh, don't bother. It. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of what's next, so we've covered kind of the entire course, yeah. but mm. we asked the Running Channel community for their questions. So up next, we've got quick fire questions, your questions, and we're going to delve deeper into what it actually felt like. Don't forget this episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Shoes. Now at The Running Channel, we bang on all the time about how if you want to run fast, you need to run slow. I'm talking about the 80-20 rule. Yes, you need to do the vast majority of your training at an easier or steadier pace. And you need an everyday pair of running shoes that you trust to do that. And the Infinite Elite has brand new cushioning technology in the form of Under Armour's Hover Plus. So that's designed to support you for the whole of even your longest runs with extra cushioning and energy return. So that's what this is all about about yeah and if you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite head to the link in the show notes well we're packing it in this week aren't we it's well, a special you are. new feature and yeah. we got so many questions so you... thank you very much for, for sending us <laughs> oh yeah so Rick me and Rick both went through yeah. all of the questions that we got on Instagram and, and there were so many so i'm so sorry we can't answer all of them so to get through as many as possible rick's picked out some quick fire questions so andy don't wait long off we go andy is from another thing running would you ever do another marathon Ooh. yes 
Ooh. This one's from Edward G. 1201. What mile was the toughest? Ooh. Oh, any, uh, probably, so I was doing it in kilometers, but it would have been from 39 to, to 40 kilometers was the, the toughest bit. That's when I had the cramp. Terold89 asks, how fast is Freddie? Faster than me. <laughs> like, like, like he was incredible. He, I wouldn't have got round in the way that I got round today without his support. And I think he's got at least 15 minutes on me probably. Really? Andy barely runs. This is nothing to do with you. <laughs> is uh, that a fan account? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is it? That's, that's what it's called. <laughs> Andy barely runs. Anyway, yeah, it's a fan account. Um, the, different to the toughest question. Lowest point, highest point. Oh, the highest point would have been at some point between 20 and 25K when I was just cruising along and all of a sudden felt like I'd clicked into a rhythm. That all crossing the line, which was magical. Uh, and then lowest point would have been a bit earlier, actually, probably like a real low point at 35K. 7K to go, I wasn't sure I was going to finish. Scuff, scuff, scuff. Make or break mental hurdle. That mental hurdle at that point, that, the, the, it was whether to walk or not. Oh, really? And it, and it wasn't because... So it actually crossed your mind to walk? Yeah. Sorry, this is supposed to be quick fast. Sorry. That can distract oh, no, but I want to put context like in miles. That. I think that can it? really help you if it's part of your plan, walking and, and run, okay. run walk's a good strategy. It wasn't part of my strategy. And I was worried that if I started walking, I would just bin it off and like DNF. Oh, I see. I just didn't, never thought anyone who was running is, that fast would do any walking at all. But there you go. One thing that's really interesting, Anna did a video on this, is that if you employ a run-walk strategy you might actually be able to go faster than if you just ran it for some yeah. people. Yeah, exactly. Jeffing. So I was just, yeah, I was worried that if I walked, then I would stop and then I would stretch and then mm. I might not start again. Yeah, I had that in my first marathon, started walking at like just after halfway and the had never done run walking. <laughs> so really? once I start yeah. walking, I was like, oh, walking's nice. I'll just do this instead. What other people can't see right now is just how cross Rick is that you've interrupted his quick fire question. Quick fire, Rick. Quick <laughs> fire, Sarah. I'm sure you've got some sake, more we Valencia this bit. We planned this bit. <laughs> What he's saying is, don't Eric talk. Don't talk. This is my bit. Sorry, we're taking Eric up Schlett precious from Canada. Shall I talk about Canada for a while, shall I? <laughs> Loads of Canadians here, by the way. <laughs> Love Canadians. So much, I married one. What was your pain level? My pain level, for the, probably from, for the last 10K, it escalated from like eight to then 10 for the, 10 for the last oh 7K. Yeah. All right. And that concludes <laughs> the quick fire questions. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> On to me. You can be slightly longer but still oh. try to avoid being too long. Okay, how many questions have we got to get through? Well, I picked out nine, but <laughs> <laughs> some of them Rick's already used. We're not doing nine. Okay, well, we're not doing nine. <laughs> so so if, if you did take the time to ask a question, then Sarah and I would happily have answered them all. But, but Rick, Rick wouldn't won't have let done. us. So no. just, just so you know. This is what Someone's we're up against. Someone's got to edit this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Andy will be in the spa. Might as well do some that. work, you lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I've booked you in the spa tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. <laughs> They're opening it 10 minutes early, so it's actually 9.50. Anyway, yeah. right, on, medal. on with the questions. Okay. Ben Culligan asked, who oh. would have been more annoying to have as a support crew, Rick or Sarah? <laughs> Uh, Sneaks we, in. Is, is this... Sneaks in. Does, like, do, we even, do we even need to answer this question? Is this Podcast Ben? This is Podcast, podcast ben, yeah. ben. Podcast Ben. So Sarah picked these without Your knowing that was you. Your question made it. I love you, Ben. Um, well, he did say Van Rick and Sarah, who would have been more annoying. Oh, so, so you're going to pull him up on his grammar? Yeah, I'm assuming be, he's applying himself. Well, he's 12 hours ahead, so he's probably been on the Gabby. That's well, fine. You know, Ben would have been an incredible supporter. Who's more annoying between you and Rick? Is that... Rick, by a factor of at least 10. <laughs> That's hey. so unfair. 
but so true. Um, one thing that I really enjoyed with these questions is that as per our previous podcast where we talked about running from London to the Wirral and mm. Rick was aghast that people weren't putting where they're from on Instagram because mm. they didn't have enough characters. People have started doing it. So Even on Insta? On Insta. Beth, comma, Birmingham, comma, Nice work. Clever best, nice work, not man. using up characters. Nice Was there any part of the marathon experience you didn't expect to happen? Ooh. Oh, didn't expect to happen. I, I, I had anticipated the whole wall thing. Yeah. <laughs> the wall thing. Snooze, wall. People, people talk about it. But I thought that it would be, I don't know, somehow like tiredness more than what I was experiencing. And this could, it could be how everyone experienced it, but I experienced it as physical pain in my muscles in terms of the cramping. I literally just couldn't move properly. Was it a similar wall that you had ever experienced in your like professional career? No, this is, this was, this is, I've never experienced anything like this. It was never, horrible. what, even in the Olympics? I only ran for three and a half minutes. So it's just a totally different- As we keep telling you. <laughs> just a totally different kind of pain that's over really fast. But you have to push yourself to the extreme in the Olympics. Yeah, it's a different kind of, oh, of red line. So quick question. Yeah. What's harder, 1500 meters or a marathon? Oh. And- I never thought I'd have to think what, about that. Who, a, who's a tougher athlete, a 1500 meter <laughs> athlete at the oh. Olympics or a marathon at, at oh, the Olympics? Sarah. <laughs> Sarah, can we cut there now, please? Sorry. There goes his career. Yeah. Did you, did you? No, 1500 meter athletes are the best athletes in the world. Yeah, obviously. That's the, yeah. Like, it's the hardest race on the planet. You've got the <laughs> tactics. You've got to train harder than anyone else. Yeah. It's, um, it requires way more dedication than anything else. Any other sport, any other sport in the Olympics is the best. Is he still talking? <laughs> <laughs> you do realize you just said any other sport Sarah. in the Olympics is the best. Yeah, any, <laughs> that's how tired right. you he's are. Just ran, he's just ran a marathon. It's all right. There was yeah. a guy who came up to him at the Expono who knew all his stats from the Olympics. It was like, oh, I remember I saw you this race yeah. in 2017. Yeah. That was really nice. I don't normally get to talk about the kind of the pro stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, people said they liked last week's podcast when we were incoherent for running home for Christmas. Mm. So, so more of yeah, the same. Yeah. So we, we really liked it too. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Um, Ernest WCZ asked, mm. what was tougher, training or the actual marathon? The marathon by miles. Miles. So it's that bit where I didn't want to risk going or, you know, and, and had the training plan that, that didn't put me over 32K. Yeah. And that's, I wouldn't have gone over it anyway because of my injury history. But then you just, that, that last tank is into the unknown. And it's so, it was so hard. Into uh, the unknown. Mentally and physically hard. Mike asks, will Andy be doing the 48 hour rule of deciding, do you do another one? Yes, no, oh, maybe. That is interesting. Uh, probably not. I'm, I'm already like fairly sad. I'd quite like to do another one. Even really? Though, even, even though I, more just, so this is the- When, which one? No, stop it. <laughs> this is the competitor in me. I've run it and I've run a time that I'm really pleased with. Yeah. But I, I blew a gasket relatively speaking, in that last 10K. So I like, I'm like, I want to know what I could do if I didn't do that. Oh, he's got unfinished yeah. business. Oh, I see, I see. But then this is so flat in Valencia here. Yeah, maybe so, I'll just come and do this one again. Exactly. I'll only run in Valencia. Yeah. <laughs> nice climate. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but yeah, yeah I, I, I'm up for it, but I'll, I'll have to get, you know, it takes a lot of time to train for it. And I think I'd want to train more than three times a week if I was going to do it again. Is that a... Um, mm. 
public, please everyone allow your wife mm. to let you train more than three times a week. <laughs> I, I don't. I think she doesn't listen to the podcast so that she doesn't get swept up in uh, all of your nonsense. <laughs> right. Okay. Another question. A few more. Rick's trying to cut. Yeah, me he's off. trying to wrap us up, but we're not having it. Let's keep Sorry, going. Sorry, Rick. You can edit out your bits <laughs> to make it shorter. Um, so Stu runs Stratford upon, and then it cuts off. What's the one thing from being a pro that you wish you could have taken into a mass participation race? Broadly, just rocking up on the start line. <laughs> and, and, and just like complete control of my warm up and timings and everything. Turn up, the gun goes, bang, you're off. Like that. that. No messing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it was, it's the faff beforehand that. But you, you, cut out actually, the you, cut, you went there, you made it with five minutes to spare this morning. Mm. Yeah, we, we, it was pretty slick. But I would also say maybe the expo. Like, oh, you, know, yeah. you rock yeah. up at your hotel for, the a, queuing. for the Diamond League or Struth. something. And they give you your number at the yeah. hotel and then you go up to your room and chill out. Whereas like queuing to get into an expo is not an experience that is designed to help runners run their best. It was interesting seeing you at the expo because like yeah. I quite like an expo. Yeah. You can like look around, like yeah. buy some I wanted stuff. To be in and out. Andy was like, right, I've got my bib. What else do we need to do? And yeah, I was like, well, I need, to, I need to film you doing this. We need to go here. Yeah. And you were like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just get, to go get out, get back, <laughs> lunch, limoncello spritz. For you. Yeah, that was Rick's day. One final question okay. from Vicky Jusif. Andy, was it worth it? Yeah. Oh, you want me to say more? Yeah, more. Uh, Rick doesn't want me to say more. Yes, it was. Like it's, it's, um, if you'd asked me on retiring from professional sport, whether I would have felt a sense of pride or achievement in doing what I've done today. So running a marathon where I'm, I think I was 52 minutes behind the winner. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to share this stat with you, but because you've said that. Oh, is this about how old Bacali is? No. Do you want to know how ridiculously quick Valencia Marathon is? Do you know what your overall placing was? Oh, no, I don't. But it'd be, <laughs> it'd be like 13,000. This is like, just for context, your time is something that I will never achieve. Mm, it's like never. absolutely no. phenomenal. This is going to be a depressing end to the podcast, isn't it? Overall, sorry. <laughs> I just feel like we should put into context like how many incredible runners there mm. are because you are at, like, well, any, what, no mm. matter what time you run, but this is how fast this marathon is. You ran 2.53.49 yeah. and you were 3,413th overall. That's higher up than I thought. I'll <laughs> take it. I'll that's, take it. That's so good. Yeah. But that is like, ridiculous how many quick runners there are yeah but so i guess to answer your the, the question which was but i take real joy in my own motivation which is to see little bits of improvement relative to what i was last week and what i was mm. a year ago and a year ago i was hardly running at all and then this is real give me like this challenge gave me the proper motivation to actually train to to get massively fitter than i was six months ago and then to do something that i i didn't think i would ever do um, and to join all of those amazing people yeah. out there who have run a marathon and, and hopefully maybe to inspire other people who think that they might not be able to do one as well, regardless of what the time is, it's totally irrelevant. Like mm. just if we can support people to get out there and run a marathon then and, and in me doing what I've done, that they might even just get someone running uh, in the first place, then uh, yeah, that's a nice thing. I do think it is like incredible how much you learn running a marathon. Yeah. Like mm. that's what I love the most. And I think as well, it's the most, it's the best distance in that it, it's, it humbles you. Like no matter, yeah. you're not going to get beginner's luck in a marathon. Mm. You can do, you can hit every single goal you've set and you'll probably still come away going, oh, I want to have another go and at it's that. The only, or like, I yeah. want to enjoy this part it's more right. or I want to nail the aid station a bit better or, oh, I want to buy this bit of kit mm. to do this. Yeah. Like, I just, I love it. And Had a great day. And it's the only 
sporting event in the world where the amateurs run behind the elites. Yeah. No, there's mm. there's no, nothing else like it. No. no. Wimbledon, the... they don't let everyone yeah, come out should, onto uh, the tennis have, have a little knock around yeah. at <laughs> Old Trafford <laughs> on a, at five o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. I think you use the word humble. That's how I felt. I felt completely humbled by it at the end. Like I, I, it had broken me, but I feel like I've achieved something. So... So, We're proud of you, mate. Thank you. Uh, and we had some nice hugs afterwards. It was lovely. We had some nice hugs. And yeah, everyone who is listening or watching, listening to or watching this podcast, you can watch the race as well because we're going to be putting the video out yeah. um, on YouTube. And hopefully that you'll, you'll get to see up close my discomfort and all of the stuff that I went through. You deserve a back rub. And From something else. Rick, you can sort all of that out yourself. Sort that for you now. <laughs> well, Andy... I know me and Rick, you know, take the mic quite a lot, but genuinely, well done. Well done I've mate. spent a lot of this year thinking you weren't going to do this. You did. <laughs> I can't believe you've done it. I cannot believe you've done it. Well, thanks very much. Yeah. Maybe we should that's... all run a marathon together next year. Which one should we do? What, well, with one of those elastic bands? Holding yeah. Us, pulling us along. The, the, the invisible one that I keep talking to you about on running, on your oh, run, Sarah. Actually, like, no, yeah. We can, how about we run the same marathon, but separately? I think so. But mm. I, I think I'm not so. going to break from tradition and I'm going to ask a favour. I said that maybe I might have through doing what I've been doing and documenting it and talking about how difficult I found it inspired some people to get out there and run more mm. if you like the podcast then please share it with any of the runners that you know or people you think might get into running because we'd love more people to listen to it and hopefully to email in at podcast at the if they have any questions and we will answer them and that was Andy's favour that he's just asked you so from me Andy and Sarah goodbye We'll see you back in the UK. Goodbye, Rick took me totally by surprise. Thanks very much. <laughs> this episode was brought to you by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which has a focus on both comfort and endurance. So an ultra springy, responsive feel that protects your legs and keeps them feeling fresh, which is what Jess has been putting to the test as she's been training for over the last 12 weeks for taking on her ultimate ever 10K. And she's been focused on consistency. So being able to show up with those fresh legs every day and every week in order to put in the work and the recovery that she needs to do to run her best. If you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes.